What's happening, everybody? Hope you all had a great weekend. Welcome back to a new week of Blake's Take, where I give you my take on local and national sports from the Willamette Valley and beyond. You know the rundown. So let's get into the great sports action. Lots went down this weekend, so let's get right into it and start chipping away at it with the NFL Championship Sunday this past weekend in the NFL. And boy, oh boy, boy, were they some exciting games. I picked some winners, I picked some losers. So let's see how these games played out, starting off with the NFC Championship Showdown between the two of the game's best in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And the Bucks kicked off things, Brady and the Bucks kicked things off on the opening drive with a touch touchdown lob to Mike Evans to take the early lead. Rodgers would come back though and throw one on the money to Marquise Valsquez Scantling who broke out down the sideline and walked in for the score. Leonard Fournette then rolled into the second plowing over defenders on his way spinning around to the pylon and diving over the goal line for the key touchdown in this game. Then Brady and the Bucks had a chance for a big play at the end of the half with just 10 seconds left, and that is just what Brady did with a Hail Mary down the sideline where Scotty Miller would haul it in for the immaculate touchdown to really build up momentum for the second half. That momentum from the incredible pass carried over into the second half where Brady would connect with a wide-open Cameron Bray in the second in the, in the back of the end zone for the touchdown to really pull away in this game. Rodgers finally got the hope back in Packers fans' hearts with the throw over the middle to Robert Tonyan for the much-needed touchdown. The Packers finished off the quarter with an incredible game-changing quick slant touchdown to Devontae Adams to put this game within four after being down 18 at the start of this quarter. Rodgers would then drive all the way down to the 8-yard line with a little over 2 minutes remaining in the game, where Rodgers had a pretty solid lane to run, but instead he threw it into double-covered Devontae Adams, where it was batted down. I think he personally he should have ran it and taken that advantage of that opportunity, but they didn't, and the pack would settle for a field goal and decide and try and let their defense give them one more chance and try and stop the ultimate... Incredible Tom Brady. Unfortunately for the backers, that chance never came. With Tyler Johnson getting the P.I. call for the first, which gave the Bucks the win. So Tom Brady is headed to his 10th Super Bowl. The most all-time by any player. And he will try and lead the Bucks to a Super Bowl victory in their home stadium against their opponent, who we're going to dive into next. Tom Brady just solidified any doubters any haters of Belichick, oh, Brady and Belichick, they got that connection. Belichick has been helping Brady through his through his connections and through his ability to coach and the play offense. And But all of that was wiped away and showed, not necessarily Coach Belichick being bad, but GM Belichick being not the greatest. With Brady using pieces like Amendola and Edelman, I'm not saying they're not great receivers, but he turned them, Brady turned them into great receivers through his use of his incredible athleticism and incredible keen awareness on the field and Brady taking the weapons that he was given with Mike Evans, Godwin, and now all the other receivers, even Antonio Brown, who didn't even play in this game. Brady is just doing wonderful, incredible things and solidified any doubters that he is the greatest to ever do it. 
Joe Montana led his team to an AFC championship after four 4-0 Super Bowl wins. He led the Chiefs to an AFC championship, and but he didn't get to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady took that a step further, and that solidified the GOAT status. On to our next game with the 1-2 showdown with the Bills and the Chiefs battling it out for the AFC Championship and a ticket to play Tom Brady down in his home stadium. The Bills would actually have a crazy start to this game with a muff on the punt return by Kansas City, which was ultimately knocked around and recovered by the Bills. This set up a dump to Dawson Knox for the early touchdown in this game. Go Bills Mafia right there. Yeah, Mahomes wasn't worried and came back on the next drive that was capped off with a t- tight sque- screen to Hardman to Reedman to redeem himself from the pump muff that he had earlier. Nice there. And then the Chiefs just got everything rolling and that didn't stop. And when the Chiefs get stuff rolling, they don't stop very quickly. Chiefs would go on to score 21 unanswered points in this quarter after being down 9 going into it. They were now up going into the half. and Up 9 and going into the second half. In the second half, the Chiefs let the Cheetah run free with a 71-yard monstrous run where he hit a top speed of 20-plus miles per hour on his way inside the five where he would finally be brought down. Just a freaky run by Hill, and that freaky run by Hill set up a iconic underhand flip connection between Mahomes and Kelsey that they'd done previously this season. That just kept tacking onto the Chiefs' lead, and then they wrapped it up with a pre-Super Bowl beating with a lob to a way too wide open. The Bills' defense let Travis Kelsey get away and ice the cake for this one for the Chiefs. Chiefs dominate and are hoping to win back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time since the man himself, Tom Brady, did it back in 03 and 04 with his New England Patriots. It's going to be an incredibly exciting matchup come Super Bowl Sunday where we will get to see some of the most talented players this game has ever seen. Duke it out and the, for the gorgeous, big, shiny Lombardi Trophy. I can't wait to see the Battle of the Red and I am just so excited to see Mahomes, Brady. They're tied 2-2 in the series and we're going to see who's going to take the lead in the series for the Super Bowl. As far as MLB, we have not-so-exciting news once again. We lost another legend to the game this weekend with the passing of Henry Lewis, Hank Aaron, the Hall of Fame slugger, whose 755 career home runs stood long as the baseball's golden mark has died. He was 86 years old. The Atlanta Braves said in a statement that Aaron died peacefully in his sleep. One of the sport's great stars, despite playing for the small market Milwaukee slash Atlanta Braves throughout a major league career that spanned from 1954 to 1976, Aaron still holds major league records for RBIs with 2,297, total bases with 6,856, and extra base hits with 1,477, and he ranks among the MLB's best in hits with 3,771, which is third all-time, and games played, which is 3,298, which is also third, and runs scored, which is 2,174, which is fourth. So all of those incredible accomplishments accumulate to the incredible historic player that Hank was. But it was a hammering Hank's fabulous home run swing, which he was best known for after Aaron broke Babe Ruth's hollowed home 
incredible prestigious home run record by Babe Ruth Mark on April 8th, 1974, slugging his record 715th off of Los Angeles left-hander Al Dowling in the fourth inning as 50,000-plus fans celebrated in Atlanta. Aaron went on to play two more seasons and finished with 755 career home runs, a mark that stood as the major league record until Barry Bonds broke it in 2007. Despite allegations that Bond used for performance-enhancing drugs, Aaron never regarded someone eclipsing his mark, his his confirmation refrain, more than three decades as the king was long enough, it was time for someone else to hold the record. Bonds released a statement stating that I was lucky enough to spend time with Hank on several occasions during my career and have always had the deepest respect and admiration for all that he did on and off the field. He is an icon, a legend, a true hero to so many who will forever be missed. So rest in peace to Hank Aaron. I'm so glad he was taken away in his sleep. It is unfortunate for the sports world to lose a legend by him, but at least the time we know had came and just an incredible career, all he did for baseball, all the records that he has set, which I'm sure will stay in those record books for decades upon centuries to come. As far as UFC, boy, oh boy, UFC 257 went down Saturday night. McGregor, Poirier, and what a stunning fight it was. The rematch between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Poirier was not the same man that he was when McGregor knocked him out in that 2014 featherweight meeting. Poirier proved that to be true in the rematch on Fight Island when he survived early blitzes from McGregor to score a shocking upset victory by a second round knockout. The leg kick attack was a constant through the round and a half of action with Poirier never de... deviating from the plan. Stuck to his game plan when McGregor landed and rocked Poirier's head back. Poirier would reset, immediate look look to land the thudding kicks to McGregor's calf. Once McGregor seemed to have trouble moving effectively, Poirier keyed in and amped up his volume punching, which ultimately knocked McGregor out. Poirier's confidence shone through the early moments of the fight. While McGregor was effective in his offense, Poirier engaged in talk during the fight and even pointed at McGregor after landing a punch, delivering the message that a lot has changed in the past six years. In a statement, I'm happy, but I'm not surprised, Poirier said after his win. I put this in the work. Connor took his result very professionally over here. He's a pro man. Nothing but respect for him. We're one and one. Maybe we'll have to do it again. I'm just happy in the place I am right now. I'm happy with the man I see in the mirror. This fight is great. The win is great. Since lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov announced his retirement after the victory over Justin Golihi at UFC 254 in October, UFC President Dana White has insisted he believes the champ will return for the one final fight. White claimed that someone would have to do something truly impressive to get him to return to the octagon. Poirier certainly impressed, as did Michael Chandler in his knockout of Dan Hooker in the co-main event, and it would be hard to ask for more than a knockout for the biggest star in the game in McGregor. Poirier has already lost to Nurmagomedov once in a fight where he held the interim lightweight title. I felt like this was a title fight, Poirier said. If Khabib's not coming back, me and Connor are the two best guys, and I'm the champion. 
So there you go, Khabib. You get your impression by Poirier. He knocked out one of the best and most notorious people in the game in McGregor. I know he hasn't fought in two years, but he's still knocking out a big name like that. I think you got to come back, Khabib, and I'm so excited to the new UFC lightweight action that we're going to see. It's going to be some good fights, and I can't wait to see more fights for McGregor and Poirier and hopefully Khabib this year. As far as local sports, the Beavs get their second straight victory, great victory, this time against their local rival, the Ducks, who were ranked 21 in the country coming into this game. The Bees get their biggest win of the season so far with their 75-64 victory over the Ducks that really established their presence in the Pac-12 once again. Ethan Thompson scored 19 points and Warth Alatsi had 14 points and 16 rebounds where Jared Lucas added 13 points and the Beavers going 8-for-5 and 4-for-3 and 4-for-3 and and in Pac-12 improving their record. And they also had 42 outscoring out rebounding the Ducks 42 to 23 to get their third straight victory. Thompson, a senior guard, joined Gary Payton last night as the only players in school history with at least 1,400 points and 400 assists. He was three from 11 from the field, but made 12 of 14 three free throws and scored 14 points in the second half. Oregon State sits seventh in the Pac-12, but are just one game out from fourth. We have come a long way over these past three games, Thompson said. From the start of the season where we were losing close games or getting up in games and not being able to finish them out, this team has matured and come a long way. And yes, they have. They have come such a long way with getting the key piece starters together for a dominant performance with lots of ball movement. These starters got it done. We got three starters to score in double digits. That is the key to the game. And also, they were lethal on the boards, which gave the Beavers the victory. Getting outscoring and outboarding the Ducks was the key to the win. Getting those boards over those big players like... All of those big guys in Oregon and the big recruits that they got balling out this year. But the starters really got the ball moving going, knocking down the shots, getting all of them involved, getting aggressive on the boards. The Bees are finally getting their mentality and their team chemistry together. And I think they're going to be such a great team if they keep this up and keep up their what they are doing right now with this game plan. If they can keep that, what they've been doing over the past three games, they have the potential to be a top three team in the Pac-12. You heard it from me. They have the potential. They took down Oregon. They took down USC. There's nothing that they can't do from now if they keep working and they keep going. Let's go, Bees. You can do this. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all the great sports content from this weekend. We're going to have more and more throughout the week. Keep tuning in. Hit the subscribe button to to keep updated on all that goes on. And I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great night.